Welcome to Damn Good Content Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Claymall. From corporate world to entrepreneurship, I own a marketing agency, SCM, and I'm the founder of Damn Good Marketing Live. This podcast is all about digital marketing, cutting the fluff, and keeping it real with you. If you're ready, let's freaking get it. Hey guys, welcome back to Damn Good Content. I'm your host, Shelby Claymall, and I have the one and only Jillian Murphy here. Y'all, she is a sales rock star. And let me tell you, I hate this. So this conversation is going to be gold because if you told me to go sell right now, I would literally crawl into a hole and die. But she went from corporate sales to now she's like a badass sales coach. She has a bunch of women that she brings in and like really skyrockets to the top. So thank you so much for taking the time for being here with us and letting me interview you and asking you all the questions when it comes to sales. Because when I tell you, I get sweaty armpits, my butt clenches. I truly hate sale, like selling that I'm so excited to pick your brain. But thank you so much for being Oh my God. One, I'm like such a fan of you. Like I like binge all your content. I swear to God, I literally binge all your content. I save it all. Like I am that girl, like who literally is obsessed with you. So I'm so literally glad to be here and I'm obsessed with you equally. Um, I think this is going to be like such a fun podcast and most people hate sales. Uh, that's why I have a really lucrative business because most people hate sales. Most people hate selling. They're really awkward in their armpit sweat and a bunch clenches. So we're going to have a hell of a good time today. I think so too. I, I truly like when I'm just going to tell you, this is basic. Let me give you a little example of like me selling. And God <laughs> knew that it, when I started my business, that if I had to sell, it would actually crash and burn. So I, I would, I say I've been very blessed and I got in like right at the right time because I, truly it's like, I haven't really had to sell yet, which in 2024, we're kind of like changing that pathway that I'm going to have to, but literally when someone introduces me and they're like, she does social media management, I freak out. And I'm like, yes, I do social media management, but like, I don't know if you necessarily need it, but if you need anything, just let me know and I'll talk to you later. And I'm like, literally, like, <laughs> literally dead right now. I'm literally, but I have one girl on my team that's so mega good at it that I'm just like, I don't have to do it. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. So tell that's us amazing. who you are. Tell us a journey because you were in corporate. You said you sold for the food and beverage industry and that if you obviously could sell for that, then you could pretty much sell to anyone. So give us yeah. that journey of like you being in corporate world. What was the shift like? What was your mental state, the emotional state of like making that transition and, and becoming who you are today? Yeah. So I spent 22 years in the corporate sales space. I was in the food and beverage industry. So I always say like I sold food for a living. I sold like boxed beef, right? So if I can sell oh food for a living, I feel like I could literally sell anything. Um, yeah. I went from an entry level salesperson to the top of our sales organization. Um, I started when I was 19 years old. I was the first female hired in our organization. So I really had to like work my way yeah. to the top. I joined a company that was extremely boy school, uh, old school man's club. And I remember walking into our organization and they did not like me. And I can remember saying like, they're not going to like me, but one day they're all going to work for me. And Hell yeah. that's, that's exactly what happened. Um, I ended up working my way up to the top. And by the time I left, I was managing 217 men salespeople. Um, I had 19, uh, nine states that I oversaw and I was running a, a massive sales organization and it was absolutely incredible. And I was a ride or die corporate person. Um, if I could have retired from that corporation, I would, if I could have tattooed my company's name across my forehead, like I was oh a ride or die. Like yeah. I love corporate America. I love my job. I will speak about this company until I am dead. Like I love them. And unfortunately we had a little situation back a few years ago called the pandemic, where if you were making a lot of money in an organization and they needed to cut costs, unfortunately 
you were the people that were let go first. So I actually was in the office on a Monday and they were like, Hey, can you come into HR? And I was like, sure. And they were like, Hey, we have to let some people go. And I pulled out my notebook and I was like, who do I have to let go? And they were like, no, unfortunately it's actually you. And I, I literally stood there frozen because I was like, are you kidding me? Like my picture is like on the walls in here. I'm like a poster child in this company. And they said, yes, unfortunately, like if you are making X amount of dollars in our company, we have to basically cut costs and it is absolutely not personal, but it is absolutely like a financial decision. And I had to give my company car back, my laptop back. And I literally like put my backpack on and like walked out the door. And I called my dad, who's also a very successful businessman. And I said, I literally just lost my job and I don't know what to do. And these are my dad's words. You know how to sell, so you'll be fine. Like you will figure it out because you have a skill set that as long as you know how to sell, like you'll be fine. And within about a week, I thought to myself, all of my friends are selling online. Yes. They're all like in network marketing, they're coaches and like, they're terrible. Like I'm watching their Instagram stories. They're terrible. They're the yeah. Shelby's of the world that are like, hey, if you want to buy my stuff, um, whatever. And I was like, I'm going to start a Facebook group and literally just like give people tips on how to sell. Like I'm, I have a little bit of a retirement I'm sitting at right now. I'm like, I don't need to sell right now. And I started this Facebook group and I started going in there and just giving sales tips and people started asking me like how I can work with you and how I can buy from you. And can you speak in my group? And can you come on my podcast? And I was a little bit of a unicorn and my business blew up overnight. And um, now we are three years in, I've helped over 527 businesses grow and scale in the last three years. And we're just getting started. Oh yeah. I love that. I love that your dad, I love dad. First off, let me say that. Everybody's a fan of dad always. Like my dad came to my event this year and I was like, oh my God, we love your dad. Like he stood up and was like, I have a question, but it really was just like, it's not really a question, Shelby. I want to take the mic and talk for a minute. And that's what he did. My dad will not come on my podcast though. Cause I drop a lot of F-bombs and it feels like it's going to be a reflection of him. Yes. If people listen to the podcast and I'm like, oh my God, you're literally insane. That wait, that's hilarious. Cause I heard you talking about when you and Katie dropped your podcast, I heard it like, <laughs> and you said that and it made me LOL. Cause I was like, well, some things just aren't meant for them because like, let's be real. Yeah. Like sometimes you just say what you say and it's like, mm, take it or leave it. But I love, I want to get to that because you are so unapologetically, authentically yourself. That's a, that's huge. But I want to talk about how, like in that moment, it wasn't that transition of you saying like, I don't want to be in corporate anymore. Let me leave. I'm gonna start my own business. It was like a, oh shit moment. Like they're letting me go. I'm now on the chopping block, but dad didn't even like think twice. He was like, well, you can sell. So like, Truly them letting you go was a blessing in disguise because you were a corporate girly and you were like, hell yeah, I'm going to stay here forever. I'm going to tattoo your name on my forehead. Thank God you didn't. And <laughs> now you're like a badass business coach helping everyone sell. And that's like huge right now, especially with the online world of selling and growing a business and coaching and all that stuff. And I love that you said just now that there's so many people out there doing it and they don't even know what the hell they're doing. And so you felt like you had such a neat like um I forgot the word you use but like you had such a uh, secret power because you are good at what you do and you know what you're doing so now people are flocking you and saying I want you as my coach and I want to help you mm -hmm. so I love how that negative impact really turned into a positive impact of the sense of like if that wouldn't have happened they wouldn't have fired you you would still be in corporate and now yeah and, and, and that's exactly what happened. And I think what also was really good about me is that I came into the online space as someone who was going to help people with sales. And I've never switched from that. It's I'm not like, hey, I'm going to be a content coach and I'm going to be a mindset coach and I'm going to help you with your fitness goals. Like I have been the go-to sales coach from day one. 
my messaging has not shifted. My marketing has not shifted like anything. And it's like, I have really created that mental real estate for people of like, Hey, if you need someone to come speak on sales, like Jillian Murphy's your girl. If you want someone to come on your podcast and talk about sales, like Jillian Murphy. So it has also created a really great referral base for me and an organic yes. lead generation system inside because I've really stayed to my zone of genius, which really is sales. Everybody's jumping chip and they're like, oh, well, I see this person making a lot of money. I want to do this, but I'm also good at this. But, oh, I could dabble in this. And they're like, okay, well, what the hell are you good at? Like, what are you <laughs> want to be known for? And so I love how you're like, I stayed in my lane and now people want to know me. I don't even remember how I found you. I think I found you. It was like, oh, it was. It was this year, though. I was going to empower her. You and I had mm-hmm. connected because you were like, come, we're still having the mastermind going on. I think y'all were in Scottsdale yep. or something. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm actually going to Denver this week to go to the Empower Her event. And I think I just, that's how I found you through someone. And we just kind of like connect there. But I'm also a girly that like, going to dive into your DMs and be like, we're going to be friends whether you like it or not. Um, and so like, I'm always, and then like y'all, I literally took the plunge. I was like, do you want to be my podcast? I really think Mm -hmm. like you're a genius because I want to talk about sales and like people don't like it. So I guess like, let's, you know, you are the expert in sales. So now you're making my, my head turn of like, so what is a way to sell or sell to someone? Or what is your advice to, I work with a lot of small business owners, um, or content creators that are like, well, I just don't want to sell, but I feel like that's my only avenue to actually make money right now. Like what's some ways to help them actually do such a thing without them feeling cringy? Because a lot of times they're like, Shelby, I can't do that. I feel cringy. I mean, hell, I tell myself that all the time. So give us, talk to me then, I guess. Tell me how it's easy to sell without being like, I'm selling something, buy it for me, you know? Yeah. Well, I think one of the biggest questions that I get asked, whether it's on stage or it's actually on podcasts is like, how do you sell so much online? as a sales coach. And this is what I say all the time is I'm never actually trying to sell. And that's actually how I sell so much because I'm genuinely connecting with people. I'm genuinely getting to know people. I'm genuinely giving value. I'm genuinely trying to like get to know you as a person. And then through relationship, relationship capital, power partners, referrals, all of those things, sales just naturally come. That is one avenue. The second avenue is if, if, someone is in my world and they're binging my content and I'm having a conversation with them and they literally raise their hand and they say, I'm struggling to grow a business or I'm struggling to lose the baby weight or I'm struggling with my mindset or whatever it is, insert their problem. And you are the person that can help them. It is literally your job to raise your hand and be like, I can help you because you are actually solving their problem. A great example of this is I was at a networking event a few weeks ago And I'm standing next to this woman and I was like, oh, like, what do you do? And she has this box service where she's trying to like bring this box service to newborn babies. And I was like, oh, this is like an amazing business model. And she was like, yeah, I'm just like really having a hard time bringing the business model online. Like I'm really struggling with like how to sell online. And I could have sat there and said, oh, like, I don't want to be cringy and be like selling to her. Or I could literally raise my hand and be like, this is exactly what I do. And I would absolutely love to help you. And if you're open to a conversation of what that can look like, now's not the time, but let's have a conversation offline. Because it's literally my job to help somebody if they have a problem and I can actually help them with that. That's the difference. I love that that, because like over time I've gotten confident where it's like, okay, it's getting to the point where 
it, it's kind of humorous because there's so many people that claim to do like what we do, whether it's sales, whether it's social media management, whether it's content creation, like whatever the case actually may be. And I think that we are just so timid, but like two years ago when I put on an event, I was like, called my dad and I was like, what is one piece of advice that you would give me right now? And he goes, if you don't toot your own horn, then no one will. And I think the same yeah. thing with sales. Like if you don't say I can help you, then they don't know that you can help. They don't know that you're willing to help. They don't know anything. They don't know anything until you actually step up to the plate and tell them. That's the same thing with content creation. And it's like a lot of my clients are like, well, what do I say? I already talked about that. I was like, well, you still have to tell them again and again and again and again and remind them so that you're at the top of mind for that consumer and when they're ready to buy. And I think people just get so cringy because it is online and people are like, well, people are looking at me and they're judging me for doing what I love. And that's just so much what I love about you. And I love connecting with people that are so authentically and unapologetically themselves that you're like, hell yeah, I, I want to help you. I know how to solve your problem and I want you in my circle so I can actually help you. Or my dad won't be on my podcast because I dropped too many F-bombs, but guess what? I'm not going to stop dropping F-bombs because I know that my community is going to flock to me. What is some mindset shifts that maybe you've had to overcome? Maybe it's with experience or age or all those things that, yes, we are building a business online, whether it's selling, whether it's content creation, whatever the case may be of, I don't really want to attract everyone. I want to attract the community that actually wants to work with me and be authentically supportive of who I am personally. Yeah. Well, I think the number one thing, especially going back to sales is like, you have to be your number one, like you have to be sold on what it is that you're doing, right? Like I have an unwavering belief that like, I'm going to solve your problems. I have an unwavering belief that like, I am the best sales coach out there. I have an unwavering belief that like, I'm going to get you results. So I think that's the work that you have to do regardless of what industry that you're in, like whether it's like, I'm the best podcaster, I'm the best con con content creator, I'm the best course, right? Like whatever it is, like you have to be sold on it. Otherwise, like you're going to get so messed up in this online space every time someone doesn't buy or you have a bad launch or somebody tells you no or whatever that is because otherwise you're going to be letting the emotions of other people yes. really, really dictate your worth, right? If I allowed my audience to dictate my worth, I would be like, oh my God, like I'm so great every time somebody bought and every time somebody told me no, I would be like, I'm shit. But like, I don't let that happen. Like I play on neutral energy of like, I know my worth regardless of like, if my audience is buying or not. Like I always say like, I'm the best sales coach out there. My audience just hasn't caught up yet. Like yeah. they just haven't realized it and they just haven't bought yet. So I think that's like the number one thing is you have to be your first sale every single time. I, the second thing is, go ahead. I love, I love that you said that just because I want to put an emphasis on it right now, because a lot of times, especially with the online space and everybody judging and having their own mindset, that if like, if you let other people dictate like what you believe of yourself, then you're really going to fail quickly. And so I just yeah. wanted to, I want you to go with number two, but I just wanted to do an emphasis on the fact that she said, know your worth. And if you don't believe in what you're selling or what you're doing or that you are the best out there, mm -hmm. then why do you expect someone else to think that? So anyway, continue yeah. with your number two, because I just wanted to, no. to pause you so that wasn't overlooked. Yeah, it, it's totally true because you have to remember that the person on the other end of whatever it is they're buying, whether they're buying a hat, a water bottle, a scrunchie, a pair of leggings, whatever it is, there is a level of doubt that it's not going to work or they're not going to wear it or they're not going to use it or it's going to end up in a drawer or their husband's not going to like it, right? There's a sense of doubt in whatever that purchase is. It doesn't matter what it is. This is every single product in the entire world. So you have to be so confident that it 
allows them to have confidence in their buying decision, yes. right? So it's like, that's what it's going to be. So if you're unconfident that you can help them or you're unconfident that you can solve it, or you're unconfident, like, oh, I, I, I think whatever it is, they're going to be unconfident. The, one of the simplest things that you can do in sales that makes a difference in your confidence is like, think about when you're talking to somebody and you say like, I think I can help you, or I think my product might work. Or I think this is a good fit. You're already putting doubt in that other person's okay. mind. Yeah. So what you'll hear me say all the time is like, I am massively confident that you and I are going to get results together. I am absolutely sure that you and I are going to have like incredible results together. I am confident that this program is going to work for you. Go over and check out my testimonials. I am beyond belief that you're going to get results. So now what's happening is a person that's on the other end, that's like a little bit unsure. They have a sense of confidence in me that like, Hey, I'm unsure, but I know Jillian Murphy's got me if I fall at all. Yeah. That's the difference. Just that little tiny switch in your wording. So I love how what you just said, like the tweak of the mindset, especially with its sales, because there's oftentimes that I hear like people say, I don't belong in the room. I missed out on this opportunity. There's other people doing it. Why am I showing up? Why am I doing all these things? And it really is a shift in your mindset can change your whole perspective on like you, your future and what you actually provide to the consumer and being confident because ultimately there's not a lot that make you different, different. If you are offering the same product or service to someone else, it's ultimately you. So if you are not confident in what you are selling or what you're doing, then you can't expect other people to be confident. And I was saying like, if, you know, I don't, I don't know about you, but like, I am getting more confident over time. Cause I do know that when I first started, I was like, okay, do I know what I'm doing? Like, I think I can help them. Or when I was just in Jasmine stars mastermind this year, I remember literally looking at James Woodmore and saying like, I don't feel like I belong in the room. And he basically put me into check really quick. And he was like, if you don't get over that, um, you're going to waste your time. And I was like, oh, okay, this dude doesn't play. Got it. Cool. Yeah. And literally ever since then though, it's like, all the, the doors are opening when you start really believing in yourself is when everybody else just says like you are beaming with confidence. And so, you know, like as you are talking, it just sounds so genius to me when it's really super simple because it's just selling. And like, I think that that I'm just so intimidated by selling that like, I don't want people to say no, even though people tell me no all the time and I'm fine with it. But it's just like that whole mental state of like being told no, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And usually the reason that we have hangups in sales is because we were usually sold to in a way that like didn't feel good or like disingenuous or yes. like non so like we have to go back to like what that was and then just make sure that like we're not selling in that way right because there's a lot of different buying styles but there's also a lot of different like selling styles right so an example of this is like i could probably guess that you're not a dominant buyer which means like you're probably not a dominant seller right? But on the flip side, like I am a dominant buyer and I'm a dominant seller. So like, I want somebody to sell to me. I want somebody to be like, like I love to be sold to. Like, I love when somebody is like super excited about their products and they like are beaming with them and they like are like excited. Like I love car salesmen. Like I love that. <laughs> like I, like I love when people are like selling to me because I like see the sales like energy of people, right? Because that's how my buying style is. But like, there's a lot of people that are like analytical buyers or more conservative buyers, right? So it's like, you have to find your own certain type of style yeah. and then match that with, again, like other people on the other end 
that are very like different in their buying style versus their selling style, right? So even like me as a dominant buyer, there's not a lot of people who are like me. So just because I like to buy that way, I can't sell that way because right. the majority of people aren't like me. Yeah. Well, I yeah. hate car sales. Yeah, yeah, most people do. like a really strong word. I don't mean it like yeah. that. But it, it reminds me of, okay, I don't know. Are you on LinkedIn? Uh, I'm not on LinkedIn. Okay. I mean, I, I'm on there, but like I'm not like actively on there. But yeah. I need to be. I just actually had a girl on there on my podcast the other day who was like, you need to get on there. And I'm just like, I hate it. Okay, so let me tell you the biggest thing, especially with what you just said. Like it's, you basically were like, sometimes we don't like sales because of how we were sold to. And let me tell you, I... Every day or every time I get on LinkedIn, like obviously we have clients that we do LinkedIn for, but there's so many DMs that they're cold selling me and I want to run for the hills. I'm like, you will never get my business ever if you just cold DM me and say, this is me. Like I will only buy from people that I know, like, and trust, which is why I build that no like, and trust factor with my community before I pitch them on any type of sell I'm trying to make. So like, when you said that, that literally just gave me the quivers inside because like truly every time I get a link to they're like, Hey, let me tell you how you can get like a hundred new leads. And I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like, I'm a dominant buyer, which means like, I want someone to just tell me like straight to the point why I need something. Right. So like, if I'm going into like a car dealership, I want to be like, tell me why I need this car. Like give, tell me why I need it. Right. Versus like, hemming and hawing around like all like all the reasons why so yeah that's why like but a lot of people aren't like me holy shit damn good marketing live 2024 is back bigger better than ever a two-day marketing conference that you definitely don't want to miss for exclusive insider scoop tickets will go on sale to the wait list february 27th through the 29th and i'll tell you this the wait list has already exceeded the spots that we have available for 2024 So if you don't want to take that chance of waiting until tickets go live to the public, I suggest you check out the show notes below, click the link and get on our wait list. I'll see you there. Let's freaking get it. Right. And I feel like if I went up to somebody and they were confident and they're saying like, because I truly want someone to sell to me in the sense of like, I want you to be so honest and tell me like, I need this, but like not sell just for a quick buck. So like, for example, commission, I call commission breath. Like commission breath. You don't want them to have commission breath. Yes. Cause I'm like truly like, but I, but not everybody's like this. Cause I guess I do sell to an extent. Cause when I am talking about packages and stuff with my clients, I'm like, you have this goal. These are the packages that we offer. But in order to get this goal, you have to get this package. But I can understand if your budget's not there right now, but in six months we will renegotiate and look at that. But if you want that and you want to be aggressive, then you do need this package. So I guess there's some sort of sell in there that I'm good at, but I like to try to give it to a point frank to where it's like, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'm not here to make a quick buck. I'm here for yeah. you to be successful. Cause if you're not successful, then I'm not successful. So here's my truth to it where I'm not just making a few dollars off of, if you yeah. go with the fire package, you know, it's funny that you said that about like, this is the package that you need. So we talked about like the word think this is like another, just little like random sales tip for you. Yeah. So there's, between like threatening words and love words and sales. Oh, wow. So next time, that, next time that you do that, instead of saying like, this is the package that you need, I actually want you to say, this is the package that you're absolutely going to want. Pause. I'm going to write that down. 
Yeah. So you're, you're, you can say like, this is absolutely the package that you're going to want, or you can say, this is the package that you absolutely will love versus this is the one that you need. You can even, if you guys are listening to this podcast right now, even saying something like you need to join my masterclass or you need to listen to this podcast or you need to join my Facebook group or you need to download this right now. Those are all very threatening words. So you'll see like on my, in my Instagram stories, I'll say like, you are absolutely going to want to listen to this podcast episode today. You are absolutely going to love to join my Facebook group. You are absolutely going to love what we're doing inside of our weekly membership call. So there's just a difference between love words and threatening words in sales. Oh my God. Wait, I love that because like now you're making me think I'm like, okay, well maybe that's why that sale didn't go through. Cause it was <laughs> sometimes people just need a quick little kick in the rear to be like, yeah. okay, maybe I'm going to miss out, whatever, but I'm going to change yeah. my wording too. I mean, God, if y'all didn't take a minute to write that down, then you're definitely missing out. It's very simple. Yeah. Okay. So while I have you here too, I want to talk about this. It's going to shift a little bit because you and Katie did talk about this and I don't know, obviously my community is completely different. So I definitely want to, you know, hone in and touch on it. Cause you do create content. You deal with people that are creating content online with their messaging and their selling and all that stuff. So there was a huge key component and I say this all the time, but I feel like when they hear it from other people, it helps resonate a little bit more and I don't sound like a broken record. What is your opinion on the difference between content that will convert your community or content that is going to go viral? Yeah. So I do not care if anything goes viral in my world. In fact, I don't even really want anything to go viral in my world because I don't want a bunch of random people consuming my content. Um, I actually made my first multiple six figures on under 500 followers on my Instagram. And interestingly enough, quick backstory to this, I was a fitness competitor for years. So I actually had a former Instagram page, which had Lots and lots and lots and lots of followers on it. Um, you know, I had a huge following because Shut up, I was, wait, that's why your name sounds so freaking familiar. I mean, maybe. Um, yeah, so I had a huge Instagram following, lots of scantily clad pictures, lots of booty pics, all the things, right? So when I came to the online space, it felt really good because I had a really big following, right? All right off the rip. And I was posting all this business content, but like no nothing was happening. So I moved and I quickly started a brand new page. And my business coach at the time was like, that's interesting that you're switching because you already have this really big following. So you already look really credible. I'm like, I look really credible because I'm literally walking around in like booty shorts and a t-shirt. These are not my ideal avatar. So I actually started a brand new Instagram page from nothing. And again, made multiple six figures on like 500 followers. And even to this day, I mean, on average, I get like a hundred people that watch my stories but I make money every single day on my social media. So I don't care if 10 people like my post, five people like my post, because it's the right people that are watching it. So again, like I, one of my favorite lines to say is like, I'm not taking likes to the bank. I'm not taking views to the bank. I'm taking like payment links to the bank. I'm yeah. taking notifications to the bank. So that's what I care about all day it's long. It's like, I love that you touched on that because like there it's, especially in my world of social media management, like a lot of my clients will come to me and say like, what kind of post are you going to post for me? That's viral and like, or that's going to get me 10,000 followers or whatever. And I love when actually I bring other experts on that talk on this because in the sense of like, I sound like a broken record or they're like, Oh, she just doesn't know how to do it. In reality, it's this, the questions are this, can you service that many people that's going to convert if they do convert, if you go viral, 
Number one, are you converting the 30 people that you have on your Instagram account now, whether that's 3,500, 100, whatever the case may be? Um, and then what's the whole point? Do you have enough systems and processes in place? And if you get that influx of virality, are they going to buy from you? Or is it going to F up your algorithm where in the future, the people that actually love you and want to consume your content and that will convert from you won't see your crap anymore. So like there's so yeah. many things that they've just kind of been brainwashed with what it's like to grow on social media. And if you're not going viral, then who are you? Or if you don't have this many followers, but like, it's so annoying, especially in my space is um, a lot of people buy their shit. And like, people don't understand that there's people that maybe have grown that don't make any money. And they really did authentically get those people. Or there's people that bought the following, bought the engagement, <laughs> bought all that stuff that maybe make them look like they're actually doing the damn thing, but they're actually doing doing nothing that's yeah. not converting. And I love that you were like, I had 500 followers and I had multiple six figures coming in. Yeah. And I truly wish I would have understood. Maybe I met you a while, a long time ago when I first started. Um, because I remember I had 300 followers and I had this girl I was following and I was like, Oh my God, I want to be like her. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm posting all my stuff. Like I, why am I not going viral? Cause I was, I fell into that hole too when I yeah. first started. And we had this conversation. She wasn't the kindest, but I got in her DMs and we were talking and I was like, um, how did you get your content to like go viral and like get all these followers and like all that stuff? Like, can you please look at mine? And tell me what I'm doing wrong. And I was like, I have a thriving business. Like, it's fine. Like I was already making six figures. I had 300 mm -hmm. followers. And she's yeah. like, wait, but how are you making money? And I was mm -hmm. like, but how are you not? Cause you have mm -hmm. literally 80,000 followers. You have great yeah. engagement. But I was so naive then, and now I'm just like trying to educate people. So for you to come in and say that it's amazing, like you should not be creating content to go viral. That's actually serving no one. Yeah, it is. It, it, like I literally create content. I say this all the time. Like I create content for the one, for the one person. I have one ideal avatar. Her name is Jackie, and I create content every single day for Jackie. Not a million Jackies, one Jackie, and then that Jackie buys and then I have more Jackies that buy but that's who I'm creating content for all of the time and you know my account has grown in the last two years I think I have like 6,000 followers and I actually taught this recently inside of a program I actually taught inside of a network marketing business on content which is something I don't teach a lot on but I actually made this reference and it landed so well to people that you already have all of these followers right like let's just use me for an example I have 5,500 followers or 6,000 followers I don't know I don't pay attention to it right and what this is basically is like, I have a dinner party right now of 5,500 people that are at my table and they're already here and they're at my dinner table and they're here to have dinner, but I'm outside on my street yes. looking yes. for more people who is, I'm like, Hey, come in, come in, come in, come in. But I have all these people that are already here that have opted in that I'm like, not even taking time to get to know. So instead of waiting for 5,000 more people or 500 more people or even five more people, like literally stop and get to know the 500 people, the 5,000 people that are already here. Like I spend an hour a day. This is a non-negotiable in my business. Even at the business that I'm running today, I spend an hour a day, every single day, seven days a week, getting to know the people that are already following me. I don't give a shit if I have a brand new follower because I have... 5,500 people that I can build a beautiful business and a beautiful relationship on. Oh my God. I love that. That actually makes me want to scream for you because truly we are always so, and I fall guilty to this too. It's like, yeah. we are always looking for more versus oh. like, 
And I feel like this year is really where my mind shifted and I've seen such huge growth. Um, and it's because I catered one, I shift my mindset like you did and said, like, mm-hmm. I want to gear myself to one person versus mm-hmm. a million people. And then yes. second, it is, I want to cater to the people that are following me now who took the time to actually hit the follow button. And that engages with my stuff. I want to get to know them. I want to engage with them. I want to see what their goals are. What is their point of being on social? What are they, what are their problems that they're having? How can I help solve that? And the moment I switched that, it was just like, wow. Why did I, why did it take so long? And then also at the same time, it's like, if you ever think, if you just take a step back and Google what 500 people in a room look like or 30 or hundred, you would be like, why the hell do I want 5,000? That gives me anxiety. You know, so like, I think as society has ruined us in the sense of social media has ruined us in our mindset. But if you can't check out and really pull back and say, I'm here to, really just speak to Jackie. I'm here to really be confident in myself and what I'm offering. And I, and I'm here to do X, Y, Z and know I'm the best in what I'm doing and what I'm offering. And I want to really get to know my community. Then you're just going to get lost in the fold and the shuffle. And you're going to be forgotten about because you're not willing to do what you need to do to stand out. Oh yeah. It's so true. I mean, think about how many of you guys even right now, like want to be on a stage one day, right? Like this is such like a big thing. Like everybody wants to be on a stage. Like, Oh, I want to be on a stage. I want to be on a stage, be on a stage. You have a stage in front of you every single day, like go live on your Instagram. You have people that are waiting to hear from you, right? But like you're trying to get to this big stage, this big stage, you have a big stage. You have 500 people, a thousand people, 2000 people, 5,000 people literally in your audience right here waiting to hear from you. Go talk to them. You need to be on the stage. You, I feel like you just, cause you know, and it really is so true. I'm going to call myself out here too, because I say like, what really brings me joy is being on a stage. And I did not realize that until this year. So I've been like starting to put it like last year, last November, I started, I put on my first free seminar. It was for social media. Cause it was like the market tanked and everybody was like, we got to cut marketing first. I'm like, stop being an idiot. Let's go get in a room. Let me teach you what marketing can do for your business. Um, and I was like, holy shit, this it brings me joy. And then I was asked to speak on a few things locally. And then I put on my first event this November and it's just like the joy that it brings me. But then you're so right because the joy that it brings me to talk on stories or have a conversation with people or post videos. Hell, I haven't gone live in forever, but I should probably do that. But like those things are the same thing. It's just like yeah. virtual and it's just, they're here watching you. They're listening to this podcast. They're watching this podcast. They're doing all these things. That's so cool. Like, I never really took a step back to say, okay, yeah, that is one of my goals to be on big stages one day. But like, hello, you already have a big stage. Yeah, I actually learned that from Jen Gottlieb is where I learned that from. So I'm not taking credit from that. Jen Gottlieb actually spoke at one of the events I was at. And she was like, for all of you guys that want to speak on stages, like, go hit live tomorrow because you actually have a stage. That's so cool. Okay, so okay, let me shift gears just a little bit for you is you have a lot of masterminds going on a lot of things you have a membership, all that stuff. So Give us a little bit into like, how did you get there? And like a little bit about what it is. How can people find you, chat with you, work with you, all those things? Yeah. So one is I built my business very uh, systematically. So it looks like I have a lot of offers today and I do, but I started very structurally. I started with one-on-one coaching, which is still the bread and butter of my business. I love one-on-one coaching. It's where I light up. It's where my clients get the best results. Like love one-on-one coaching. Um, so one-on-one coaching is the main thing that I do. And then from there, 
Um, I created some group pro programs. I created a mastermind. Um, I created uh, some events last year. Uh, and then I created a membership because one thing that's really important to me is that any entrepreneur, I do work with both men and women. Um, Cause I also feel that men really need to be supported in this space which was something that I saw when I came into this online space is that there's not a lot of space for men. Um, so I created men's programs. I created um, masterminds that were co-ed uh, because I feel like men really need to be supported and men was really who I mentored in my corporate life. Um, so I also wanted to be accessible to everybody. So I always say, I'm like a store. You can come into my world as little as $44 all the way up to, you know, a multiple four and five figure investment, because regardless of where you're at in your business, if you're making a dollar or you're making a million dollars, I want to be the person that can help you in sales. So I have like basically an entire catalog of ways that you can work with me because if you're not making sales in your business, I want to help you. If you're making a good amount of sales in your business, I want to help you. And if you are a rock star in sales, I want to help you scale. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that you give an array where you're not just like being exclusive to men or women. And then also the sense of like, you don't have to be making a bajillion dollars to hire you, which I think it's, but you did use this word. So I want to touch on this really quick too, is you use the word investment. And Mm -hmm. I will say like this year was a year of like, I really understood the, the term, like you need to invest in yourself. You need to invest in your business. Um, and like the impact that it can make. So mm-hmm. I just want to like get your, your take on investing in yourself and investing in your business. Why it can be scary, but at the same time, the return that it could lead you to, if you put in the proper work and effort, um, what is your take on that? Yeah. So I told you guys, I lost my corporate job after 22 years. I lost my corporate job on a Monday and I actually hired a business coach on a Thursday. And yeah, it was my first investment I ever made. It was a multiple four figure investment. And I truly believe that I have the business that I have today because I took massive action quickly. And I've continued to take that action ever since I came into the online space because I don't look at it as spending money. I look at it in investing in the people that I need to get me to the next step in what I need in my business. I'm also extremely strategic in where I invest my money. So I don't buy things that I just want. I buy things that I need for the business and for the company. So I had the same mentor for 18 months. I'm a huge component of a long-term mentorship. So I had the same one-on-one mentorship for 18 months. And then now I've had my second mentor. I'm going into my second year with him. Um, so I'm a very big component of one-on-one mentorship for long-term. And then I am always in a mastermind uh, because mastermind is a totally different component. And that is more about relationship capital, um, uh, proximity and something like that. And then I also invest in whether, um, you know, either where my ideal clients are at, or maybe it's a room I need to be in to, you know, meet people or something like that. So I also invest there. um, But I'm very, very strategic about the investments that I make. I love that because there's, especially where I'm from, like it's a small town mentality. So like- Even just investing in certain things, like obviously I had Jasmine on the podcast last week and she basically told the world what I spent with her, which is fine. Like, I don't care. I'm not gatekeeping anything because I'm like, if I want to make big moves then you got to invest big. So like, but like where I'm from is a lot of people hesitate with even like I'm putting a group coaching program on and it's right under $2,000 and people are like, wait, I can't do that. Or the the event that I was doing, it was a investment to them. It was all under $1,000, but in the same sense. The moment they finished the event, they were like, holy shit, that was worth it. I've already started implementing. It's just really trying to get people to understand the mentality. 
you have to invest in your business and you have to put the work in when you do the investment for it to actually work. Like you can't just say, here's some money. Now you do this for my business. No, like you have to invest in your business. You have to want to learn. You want to grow. You want to actually implement what you're learning from that investment into your business to actually see a difference. And I think I never believed that until this year. Yeah. I mean, you're building an online business. It's no, so I, you know, I help people build businesses offline too, right? So my business is not just helping people build online businesses. I work with gyms, med spas, realtors, you know, offline businesses as well. And I don't know why people in the online space think that they don't have to invest the same way that like offline businesses do, right? So let's just say for an example, you were buying a laundromat or you were buying a car wash or you were starting a, a building, building a gym you would have to make an investment in your business. And most of the times you would not see a profit back in your business for three to maybe four years. It's no different than when you're moving into the online space, you're gonna have to make investments, investments in teams, operations, structures, um, systems, all of those things. And for some reason, there's a block with people in the online space that they don't look at business building the same way. They're like, oh, I'm just gonna start this in like, create it right and it's like no it's 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 still a business you have to invest in the infrastructure the people the systems the team the taxes all of those things just because you're doing business on a computer and a platform doesn't make it any different you still have to invest in the infrastructures because you're still building a company yes i think that people look at online spaces way different because one you, you make a lot of money quickly you don't have a lot of overhead First yep. off, I literally, I remember when I left corporate and I started my, my business, I was like, holy shit, like what is mm-hmm. happening? And yeah. I was like, well, and then I was scared to invest it because I'm like, well, what if like it crumbles and crashes and burns? And it goes away. Yeah. Right. And it's like, it feels like it's too good to be true, but this is the world we live in now. And in order to grow your business online, you have to make big moves that are the exact same as if you had something on the outside space too. And a lot of people are just, they hold it so close to them where they're like, I don't necessarily need that. My my business is doing fine. I have all these goals, but if you don't, I truly believe investing in your business is also surrounding yourself with people that have been there and done that, that can actually help you navigate the good, the bad, the ugly, that can help you get to the next level with online business because that shit is lonely as hell. If you don't have someone Mm -hmm. in your corner teaching you or helping you or bounce ideas off of or coaching because they've been in this world, then I think it's absolutely crazy because it is a new medium to marketing. It is a new, like everything to how you do any type of business, whether you have a brick or mortar, whether you are solely online space, you have to be able to invest in your business and adapt with what is going on in the world. And right now it is online. And so I feel like I fight with that all the time, especially, but now I, I'm a firm believer. So I, it's, it's going to be an easier sale for me because it's like, I've been there. I've done that. I've walked the walk and now mm-hmm. I've seen what's done. It's done for my business in one year of investing in myself yeah. and in this business. And I just think it's crazy when people are like, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. That's yeah. too much. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot of talk online of like, Oh, invest and people think it's just for coaching, but like, there's so many other things, right? It's like investing in a team, a COO, yes. a bookkeeper, a fractional yes. COO, like there's so many other things. I mean, there's been time, I mean, I've always had a mentor and I've always either had Raquel or Chris, like those are the only two mentors I've ever had, but there's been times that it's like, I need to invest in a, a, a system. I need to invest in an operations person. I need to bring in a fractional COO. I need to invest in a webinar training. Like there's other things inside of the business. It's not just a matter of like investing in a mentor. 
Yeah. Yep. Well, hopefully, you know, people from this podcast have some selling tactics. Y'all, I definitely think that you should definitely go follow her. Jillian, you have literally made me feel actually more confident. And that's really hard to believe. But sometimes when you just have a simple conversation of like, you already know what you're supposed to be doing. It's just if you were confident in yourself to actually do the dang thing, then you're supposed to be here. Your confidence, like you, it just radiates. And I'm like, I just want to be as confident as her, but it's going to be fine. I'll get there one day. I'll just be in your dance all the time. I definitely want to attend some of your mass or your events or your retreats or something. Cause I just like, I've watched, I've been to some of your videos. I was like, that looks so cool. And I want to be in there. So I'm just come like, on, come on yeah. out anytime. okay. So tell everybody where they can find you. Um, and to follow you, everything will be in the show notes, but I just want to give them a little lowdown of you real quick too, before yeah. we wrap this up, come over, say hello on Instagram at the Jillian Murphy. We have lots of cool free things in my LinkedIn bio. So come over. And then I'm also the host of the sales and social podcast. We drop three episodes a week. Oh, I saw we do that. a, yeah, we do a solo episode, which is usually myself, obviously, we bring on epic, epic guests. And then we always do a throwback episode, which is one of our beginning episodes that got like amazing feedback and we bring it back on Friday. So come over, check it out. Shelby, I'd love to have you on the podcast. So absolutely. I think that happened too. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, y'all. If you like this episode, please comment, share, review, tag us, all the things. We love it. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, let's freaking get it. And that's a wrap on another episode of Damn Good Content Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please like, share, comment, leave us a review. And until next week, let's freaking get it.